3: we
4: season is here. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. Craig Mish, Davis Matic, we've got games tonight, games tomorrow night, games on Saturday. Looking forward to previewing them all with you here on the show. Fantasy Sports Today every day, noon to 2 Eastern, right here on SportsGrid, sportsgrid.com. Whether you're watching us or listening to us, thanks for making us a part of your day. Davis, it's here, week one of the NFL preseason. Seems like we have some teams that are willing to throw out some players that are going to be relevant to us. We have other teams that are not interested at all. And I think over the next few days, we'll get a clearer picture as to what some of these players, especially the rookies, look like in 2021.
3: Yeah, I do think we are actually going to get a good look at some of these rookies tonight. You know, particularly, I would imagine we're going to see a lot of guys for the New England Patriots because they are in heavy trying to figure out what's going on with their rotation mode. Uh, you know, they, how much are they going to play Cam Newton? Mac Jones is debuting his new number tonight. I, I did see that. I think we're going to see some Ramondre Stevenson. I think we are going to see some in Keel Harry. Don't think we will see any of their pass catching additions. You know, don't think we're going to see Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar, or anything like that. But uh, I actually think we are going to see some pretty interesting football tonight. maybe, Maybe that's a little bit of a hot take, but I'm actually pretty excited for this first game this evening.
4: And we'll have it all covered for you here today on this show. Scott Farrell in-game live tonight, helping you make your decisions on the action this evening. Let's get to our headlines here on the show. 12th of August, 2021. As we mentioned, preseason begins this evening. Joe Pizzoppia is going to join us a little bit later in the show, tell you about our new show on Sunday, talk more preseason coming up. Dak Prescott scheduled for another MRI and we'll get a much clearer picture on his future, at least immediate future with the Cowboys. Miguel Cabrera hit another home run last night. So he is one shy of 500, less than 30 players have hit 500 home runs in Major League Baseball. Cabrera is getting ready to do that. That should be fun to see. And another thing that should be fun, Davis, and look, I mean, this is definitely worth at least five minutes of your time, I would think, is that the White Sox... And the Yankees are going to be playing at the Field of Dreams in Iowa. And I was on the morning after talking about betting that game. I don't know that I'm all that interested in that, Davis, but I am interested in in seeing how this thing looks like a very unique type place to play a baseball game. And I, of course, grew up in the 80s, so I watched Field of Dreams, one of my favorite baseball movies for sure. So I think it's must-watch five-minute TV at the very least
3: yeah i mean i think you uh i think you at least have to flip it on right like i don't think anyone i don't think anyone would disagree with that so this is one of those movies though and uh, craig you are absolutely going to hate this but this is one of those movies that i know that i have absorbed through cultural osmosis i don't think i have watched the entirety of field of dreams i think most of what i know from field of dreams comes from like, you know, references on The Simpsons, references, uh, you know, in other movies, things like that. Like, I, I, I would imagine I have not seen all of this movie. But, of course, I know the field of dreams. Like, I, I get it, you know, uh, like all of that stuff. Like, I, I understand it. But, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen all of this movie. So there's a there's another strike in my corner for being too young.
4: <laughs> well, you, you know, and Greg Sussman's throwing something right now, probably. But, you know, the, the truth is, is that, that in the '80s and in and in the '90s before the strike in baseball, Davis, uh, look, baseball was very much the, the sport in this country, and and so from a nostalgia point of view, the way that this movie was done, and remember the number one actor, I would, well, I mean maybe he wasn't, but Kevin Costner at that time, and even further down the line, was probably one of the top male actors in Hollywood. Uh, and, and this was a iconic baseball movie. But I, I would not indict you for that. Because even if you did see the movie, I don't think that you would come out of there, Davis, you personally saying, oh, my gosh, like, thank goodness I watched the movie. Because for anybody who grew up like me watching baseball and having that nostalgia, it was a lot more important. Does the movie hold up now still to this day? Absolutely. But I think it is honestly okay. It's it's more of an older crowd type movie the natural is another one of those i think also but definitely a feel-good movie and what's interesting to me is seeing a lot of people like yourself davis who are all scrambling right now to watch it i'm seeing that a lot on social media like i've never seen this before i gotta check it out before the game tonight at seven o'clock eastern so highly recommended for me it's probably in my top three baseball movies of all time and for sure, I mean, I don't know how much time I'll dedicate to this thing tonight, but at least five minutes. I mean, I want to see the cornfields. I want to see how this thing plays. It's definitely fascinating for sure. Um, which NFL preseason game are you most interested in tonight, Davis? So We've got one minute. Which which game for you is going to be your
3: most watched game? You know, I am, I am definitely most interested in the Patriots one because I, I think that we can learn about fantasy football From that game, like I I would anticipate some meaningful lessons like I think we're going to see, you know, is Ramondre Stevenson a guy they're going to throw the ball to? How does Mac Jones look right? There's been a lot of conversation about, okay, well, you know, what is really the deal with Mac Jones? Like is, is, are they actually going to turn the keys over to him? And I think if he plays well in this game, that's just going to be another, you know, another checkmark, another tick in the corner of starting Mac Jones sooner rather than later this season
4: yeah it will be interesting to see tonight games tonight i'll be back at the baseball park i think tomorrow night barring something crazy although my life has been crazy recently so you never know Uh, but i'll be checking it out too we'll be recapping it for you tomorrow here on fantasy sports today our first nfl recap will be tomorrow right here on the show how about that all right training camp notes coming up next we'll tell you the latest we got some really obscure type names today but it could be interesting for you so i would stay on the grid it'll help you next
1: Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
5: Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really.
2: Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better.
5: Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.
4: back to fantasy sports today as we're here on august 12th we're basically about a month into nfl training camp and for those of you who follow it from a fantasy aspect this year uh training camp is still kind of going on beyond this week but in general uh when the nfl preseason begins camps break and then of course they have preseason games in the past it was four this year it is three So in terms of our training camp notes moving forward here on our show, it'll most likely be our uh, fantasy football preseason notes because teams now, of course, are playing games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, this week, next week, and the following week. So nothing like capping off our training camp, Davis, with two names that are probably not on a lot of people's radar this season. One I'm not very happy with because this was a horrible pick in my dynasty league. Andy Isabella he's on the COVID list for the second time during training camp and I don't even want to look at these stats I guess we have to because it's part of the show but this was a pretty busted pick for me and uh, you know Arizona has just not found a way to get him highly involved in the offense if I go back Davis and I remember when Andy Isabella was drafted I could have sworn there were a million people telling me they're gonna find a way to get him involved in the offense they never did I don't know if it was Larry Fitzgerald just hanging on toward the end of his career. Did that hurt him? I'm not really sure. I have visions of Andy Isabella Davis twice a year for an 80 yard touchdown and nothing else. That's kind of the memory that I have here of of Isabella. So at this point, what would it require for him to be on the field? And is there a chance he's not even on the team? I hate to say it, but I got to feel like there's a chance of that.
3: Uh, I think he will probably make the team because he plays on special teams. He's a uh, he's like a good punt and kick returner. He can play as a gunner on on the kick team and stuff as well. So I think he'll probably make the team. Also, when you run the offensive system that the Cardinals run, you need to have lots of wide receivers because you rotate them in the game. Uh, you know, a wide receiver injury when you play four wide receivers kind of as your base personnel is a big injury. Like, you know, if A.J. Green gets injured, they they probably would maybe even keep seven wide receivers. So I think he'll probably make the team. The issue is they, you know, they spent the high pick on him several years ago. They mm-hmm. drafted him in the second round. They just spent a second round pick on Rondale Moore as well. But they sign A.J. Green. Larry Fitzgerald is, is not there anymore. But I, I guess he is at best fifth in line behind DeAndre Hopkins, behind Digi Green, behind Christian Kirk, and behind Rondale Moore. And if it was going to happen for him, I think he would have had to have had a very good preseason, and he did not have a very good preseason, right, as evidenced by the fact that we're talking about him being on the COVID list. That's not a situation you want to be in if you're kind of fighting to stay on the roster. So my thought is, look, I love Dandy Isabella. Guy ran a 4-3 I had uh, he played at the University of Massachusetts and had 15 receptions and 200 yards and two touchdowns against Georgia. You know, a real a real David and Goliath story. But I just I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is probably going to be the last year we see Andy Isabella in the NFL unless something miraculous happens.
4: Yeah, my Dynasty League, I let him go, and he was minimum price too in terms of salary. Okay, well, uh, the Rams situation is certainly interesting from a running back perspective. Cam Akers, by the way, another guy I have that's that's not going to be playing for me this year, so my trend continues here. I also have Mims on, on the Jets. You can tell I'm not a good drafter. Uh, Xavier Jones is on the Rams. He's the backup right now to Daryl Henderson. His ADP is 16th round. He is, yes, a free player right now in fantasy. I mean, 15th round to me is free. Uh, undrafted rookie in 2020. Didn't play any snaps in uh, at SMU. I, I don't know anything about this player. And so I'm going to be learning along with everybody else here when he makes his debut in the preseason this weekend. Let's talk about Xavier Jones.
3: So I, I actually think Xavier Jones is fairly interesting. Uh, he scored uh, 25 touchdowns his final season at SMU uh, and was a pretty productive player. You know, Worked in the passing game. And I think the fact that they have not signed a veteran, right, they haven't signed Todd Gurley, they haven't traded for Melvin Gordon, they have not done any of those things, I feel like that's a real vote of confidence in Xavier Jones saying, look, you know, he's going to be good enough to pass block, he's going to be good enough to spell Daryl Henderson. You know, and there there is probably some threat that Daryl Henderson is in more of a Raheem Mostert style role. You know, like I, I think probably he ends up being more, like, uh, I, well, I, I am very bullish on Daryl Henderson, but there is a chance he ends up in like, uh, you know, let's say a 13 carry four target style role, as opposed to an 18 mm-hmm. carry five target, five, five target per game role. And in that eventuality, you know, Xavier Jones would be the handcuff Xavier Jones would be the guy getting those eight, 10 touches a game. Kind of like, you know, your Jarek McKinnon's or your Tevin Coleman's, if we want to make the Shanahan analogy, so I, I like Xavier Jones, and I do think in terms of like running backs who are actually free in drafts right now, he probably has one of the upside cases that you can sell yourself the best on because he really is, is likely one injury away from getting real touches and real playing time in an offense that we expect to be quite good.
4: Yeah, and, and, and by the way, I don't believe I, – I, I do like the coach there, of course, in, in Sean McVay. I just don't believe him. I think that before the end of the preseason, they're going to bring someone else in. It may not be a fantasy-relevant player, but I don't think they're going to go into the season with what they have here. But that's just me. That's my guess. Okay, now finally, look, this is a huge story for us as we continue on here in fantasy. I mean, the big one is Deshaun Watson, clearly because wherever he goes, I think, is going to change things for both Houston and somewhere else, and I do think he's going to get moved. Dak Prescott, another MRI here, not really sure kind of where things are at. I know, Davis, the fandom in you has you optimistic, and I I just don't know where to go here. He's a fifth-round, sixth-round pick in fantasy this year, and he says that he doesn't want to throw for 6,000 yards. Uh, I mean, he's not going to have a choice, Davis, if the defense is what it was last year. That's my only retort to Dak Prescott, but my gosh, am I waiting on results here and, and different things with him. It's just he's a pivotal player again, and and him missing any time in the regular season is going to affect all of those offensive players significantly. I mean, Zeke was nothing basically without him. Uh, CeeDee Lamb went the other way. Amari Cooper, they just didn't have a quarterback, and I don't know that their backup situation is much better this year.
3: Their, I mean, their backup situation is worse, right? Andy Dalton, at least, is an NFL quarterback, I and mean, he's not a very good one, but Andy Dalton, you know, has had it like a a 10-win NFL team before. Their, their backup quarterback situation now is brutal. Uh, you know, Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci are the backup quarterbacks for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I've seen enough of Ben DiNucci and Cooper Rush to last, last a lifetime. You know, I never want to see those guys play uh, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys ever again. I think Dak is is full of crap here when he says he doesn't want to throw for six thousand yards. Now the MRI is a legitimate concern. Maybe they just want to make sure that there's no structural damage. You know, maybe they just want to get him in the MRI and say, okay, MRI looks good. We are uh, we're going to clear you to you know basically come back to practice and and you know be Dak again, right? Start throwing. Maybe we even get him in some preseason action. If you wanted to be positive, that's what you'd say. If you wanted to be negative, you'd say. Amari Cooper is not going to be worth a fourth-round pick if Ben DiNucci is the quarterback. You know, Ezekiel Elliott's not going to be a first-round pick if Ben DiNucci is, is the guy handing him the ball. So I I am cautiously optimistic. The thing I would say in drafts, though, is this: the upside for this Cowboys offense that we saw for four-and-a-half games last year is so great. I mean, they could be the number-one offensive fantasy. They could be like those 2013 uh, Denver Broncos where, like, you know, they had five guys all finished top 12 in their position that year. That even if you're kind of worried about Dak, I think you still got to take Zeke, Lamb, Cooper, Gallup, even Jarwin and Schultz. Uh, I think they're all great selections, even with this risk baked in. I
4: think this weekend we'll we'll get some more clarity, of course. Uh, Jerry Jones usually talks after the preseason games, (laughs) like he's the coach. I think we'll probably get more clarity uh, Saturday or Friday, depending on which day he decides to talk. All right, coming up next, we're going to make some choices here in fantasy for the season. Are you taking uh, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin at wide receiver for the Bucs? How about the Jacksonville Jaguars? There's a running back decision to be made there. Great year for James Robinson, but then they bring in Travis Etienne. And then the Denver Broncos are calling it an open competition for their quarterback spot. Does Drew Locke win it? Does Teddy Bridgewater win it? Who do you draft in fantasy in a super flex league? We'll answer those questions coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. So stay on the grid. Davis and I will be right back in just two minutes.
1: Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's
5: on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses.
2: Call me picky, but I just can't find the
5: one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really.
2: Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better.
5: Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to easy eye care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.
4: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Nish along with Davis Maddox. Just a quick note from baseball before we get back to football here. Uh, Chicago Cubs uh, wave unconditionally their former Cy Young Award winner, uh, former World Series champion Jake Arrieta, who once upon a time, Davis, was the very best pitcher in fantasy baseball for about a year and a half. Last night uh, he got drilled again. <laughs> and uh, and I guess in the post game he made a comment to a reporter about uh, taking off their mask, saying basically there was no one around you could take it off. Uh, I don't know if that factored into this at all. Maybe it's just the fact that he just keeps getting pummeled, Davis. But um, you know, Chris Davis of the Orioles retired today. We see uh, Jake Arietta getting cut. It's like 2014, 2015 is waving us bye bye <laughs> on this day.
3: Yeah, they're uh, they're saying, hey, remember remember when Chris Davis used to hit thirty nine home runs and strike out forty two percent of the time? You remember that? Mm. Remember when Jake Arrieta was good? Uh, good good riddance to Jake Arrieta. Who cares? Uh, I did I did <laughs> kind of like Chris Davis when he played though. Uh, yeah, when it was talk about it a depressing good. career. I mean, watching watching that guy play the last couple of years of his career though, like just like well, the Orioles paid him all this money, so I guess they're gonna bat him. I mean, it was very depressing to watch Chris Davis play
4: yeah it definitely was toward the end all right uh back to the nfl let's get to it here uh buccaneers have two uh, what, what do we call them here third round receivers i think in in fantasy football these guys actually moved down a little bit it feels like from last year mike evans chris godwin let's take a look at the numbers adp for evans is 38 adp for godwin is 42 so this is a personal choice on these two players that's for sure 70 receptions for evans 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. He was more or less a touchdown guy toward the end of the year. I think he was dealing with injuries, if I'm not mistaken. And Chris Godwin had a hard time staying healthy, too, last year. And certainly his numbers would indicate that. 65 receptions, 840 yards, 7 touchdowns. Davis, uh, I know I've made my choice in the Razz Bowl. I need you to make yours.
3: Yeah, I I prefer Godwin by a little bit. I feel like Godwin's numbers are mostly going to be buoyed by efficiency. I don't expect Mike Evans to be as efficient in terms of touchdowns as he was last season, and I, he was very efficient in terms of touchdowns, so I don't, you know, I don't want to take that away from him or anything like that. But And if he scores 14 touchdowns again, you know, I'll, I'll take my medicine and say, all right, I, I got that one wrong. Mike Evans is the primary red zone weapon for a team that's going to score a lot of points, that has a lot of good players. But Antonio Brown is a real problem for both of these guys. That's why neither of them are going up in the second round or anything. According to to all reports, Antonio Brown was dealing with a knee injury last season. He rehabbed that successfully over the offseason. He looks great. He's having a dra- great training camp. We haven't heard any of these weird uh, you know, stories about Antonio Brown. We haven't heard about him getting arrested. We haven't heard about him you know, having to go to court for anything. So that's a pretty big change from the way we've been talking about Antonio Brown for each of the last two seasons. I don't know if he'll be able to stay healthy for 17 games. I think he's entering his age 34 season. Godwin has always been my guy, though. I just expect him to I, – I think he'll lead this team in yards per target, in fantasy points per target, yards per route run. So, Godwin, a few picks after Mike Evans is, is the guy that I prefer here.
4: All right, and I am the same. I, I took Godwin over Evans, if it gives you an idea of what I'm thinking going into the season as well. All right, at running back, the Jacksonville Jaguars certainly did not give a rousing endorsement to James Robinson, who was basically the fantasy fo- uh, football pickup of the year – last year robinson's adp uh is 101 this year and and boy this is actually shocking here as i look at this are you telling me Etienne is five rounds higher than robinson going into the season okay thousand yards for robinson 344 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns last year Etienne in college of course was a monster but these numbers are irrelevant he played at clemson uh bottom line is that the jaguars really i, I think reached here to take Etienne, who i think can be a fantastic running back but it creates an interesting fantasy dynamic going into the season. So Davis, uh, there is some separation here, about three-round separation between these two backs. Do they have it right here?
3: Oh, yeah. They, they definitely have it right, because the reason why James Robinson was so effective last year was he had absolutely no competition. The 2020 Jacksonville Jaguars, their, their other running backs were Dare Ogumbawale. He got 32 carries. Then Chris Thompson got seven so of the team's 337 rushing attempts 240 of them went to james robinson he had he had uh, other than derrick henry the largest share of his team's rushing attempts of any running back in the nfl he also saw 60 targets that was good for fourth on the team tied with chris conley that opportunity is not going to be there for him this season they clearly taking trevor lawrence's college teammate travis Etienne in the in the back end in the first round that was a concerted decision by this coaching staff also unfortunately for james robinson and how well he played last season this is not the coaching staff that signed him this is not the coaching staff that turned over that starting running back job to him it's a new coaching staff new front office what a new coaching staffs do what a new front offices do they give it to their guys they play the guys that they wanted Carlos Hyde, who is not mentioned on this list, I think Carlos Hyde is going to eat in to James Robinson's work, and I think the smartest thing that I have seen Urban Meyer and his coaching staff do is they've talked about what ETN can do as a pass catcher, and I think that is the best way to use him. What do we want in fantasy from our running backs? We want receptions and we want touchdowns. James Robinson might get 120 carries. They're all going to be in between the 20s. They're not, it's not going to be what you want. It's going to be kind of Gus Edwards, but for a worse rushing offense. So I definitely prefer Travis Etienne.
4: All right. Makes sense between those two. Well, the Denver Broncos, after another disappointing offensive season, went out and they signed Teddy Bridgewater. But Teddy B still has to contend with former high pick Drew Locke, who specifically was told to work on specific things this offseason. And he talked about some of the ways that he's trying to get better. The biggest step
0: that, you know, I tried to make, and it was, you know, kind of reiterated to me over this off season was just working on protections, knowing where I'm hot and knowing how to fix it. And if they get us, we didn't see it. Just knowing where that hot's going to be and where that hot's coming from. And that's kind of been a big emphasis on me watching film this off season coming out here every day. Um, just being able to, to have us picked up, whether that's 7-on-7. Seven seven, I know that sounds funny because it's 7-on-7, seven seven, but it still bring pressures in 7-on-7 seven seven to show us. Um, there's just a lot that goes into it. I'd say that was one of the big things I really tried to focus on in my footwork. Um, there's a lot of work that went in this offseason to try to fine-tune that footwork, and it's changed a little bit, but I feel really comfortable with it. I'm excited to see where it goes.
4: We're going to see where it goes in the preseason for sure. Both quarterbacks will play a lot in week one and week two, and then they'll have to make the decision. Let's see if we can make the decision in fantasy. Clearly, if you're starting either of these two guys in a 12- or 15-team league as your starter, you fail. But in a super flex league, I, I guess we got to pick a winner here, Davis, and certainly a you know, lock season left a lot to be desired, a lot of turnovers. Teddy Bridgewater for Carolina started off the season – uh, really, a, a student of the Joe Brady offense. He looked fantastic. And then McCaffrey got hurt, and all kinds of things went sideways for him. And he didn't look nearly as good in the second half of the season as he did the first. But there is an opportunity for one of these two. The Denver people seem to think that Bridgewater is just there to push lock. I don't know if you feel that's accurate or not, but if you have to pick one on draft day, who do you got?
3: No, I, I do not think that Teddy Bridgewater was brought in to the Denver Broncos organization for a six-round pick to push Drew Locke. I didn't think it was to give them a safety valve. I, I It does seem like Drew Locke is going to start the season because Drew Locke is the guy organizationally that they have invested in. But I do not think there's a great chance of him going 16 games. So they, they do start the year, I guess, if you wanted to be charitable, they do start the year with a real cake schedule. They're going to play against the Giants. They're going to play against the Jaguars. Then they get a home game against the Jets. That's about as easy of a three-game schedule to start the year that you can get. After that, though, then they are going to play at home to the Ravens. I think if they get skunked in that game and you know Drew Locke throws like four interceptions and gets sacked a bunch, that's about the time that I expect to see Teddy Bridgewater. And I also think we've seen Teddy be successful inside of good structure before. You're right, the Carolina Panthers thing did go sideways. But the Broncos are kind of like a souped-up version of last year's Panthers, right? So they have Sutton, they have Judy, they have Fant, they have Hamler, they have Tim Patrick, probably one of the best fourth wide receivers in the NFL. They have Drew Locke's college uh, roommate, Albert Okui Boonham. They have Javante Williams, you know, that exciting young running back from the University of North Carolina. Like, they have all the pieces to make one of these guys successful if they're playing well. If Drew Locke finds a way to play well and limit the turnovers, sure. But I, I think Bridgewater is more likely to be that guy. I'll, I'll never get this Drew Locke quote out of my head, though. I bet you remember this one. After one of the games last year, he was awful, and he said, yeah, sometimes I'm in the middle of making a pass or it just leaves my hand, and I think in my head, oh, no, 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 why did I do that? And I'll, ne- I'll just never forget that Drew Locke said that. Like, that's not what I want my quarterback saying. I, I would much rather the leader of my organization be saying, like, literally anything else other than that.
4: Yeah. I mean, my, my issue is the same with either of these guys. And, and you gave a lot of the great skill position names there, too. But, I mean, Pat Shermer did not impress me at all as their offensive coordinator. And I believe Vic Fangio has the controls here. Uh, I, I think a really tough season is coming for Denver. But you're right. The beginning part of their schedule is good. But guess what? The teams who they play against, Davis, you know what they're saying? We got the Broncos. We should be able to win these first couple of games. So I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm kind of out on, on both of these guys. But I think Bridgewater ends up being the better quarterback over the course of the season. And I think Denver at the end of the year just blows the thing up and, and starts over again. That's a guess for me. All right. Plenty more to come here on the show on Fantasy Sports. today. So make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid we got plenty more, including a conversation with Joe Pisapia, as we dive into the preseason games tonight. In addition, we've got the Sports Grid 60, Fantasy or Reality. So stay with us and stay on the grid. We're back in just two minutes with more fantasy sports today. And uh, in addition to that, headlines at the top of the hour with Chris. Stay on the grid. Welcome back to fantasy sports today. The NFL free season is here and all of our hosts are talking about it here on sports grid. What if you miss any of our shows? Of course you can catch them on demand. If you're looking for little clips now and then 30 seconds, a minute, just to kind of get the analysis and the opinions. Here's what you do. You go on our social media on Twitter and follow us at Sportsgrid and at sports grid TV. It is a really good vehicle and lets you behind the curtain of a lot of our shows on-demand whenever you want, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Again, go to SportsGrid on Twitter, at SportsGrid, and also at SportsGridTV. You'll see clips from our show, the morning after, the early line, and all the other programming here on Fantasy Sports today. Well, uh, Davis, this is probably the last time we're going to get a huge edge on any of these upcoming futures and lines in terms of teams to win the division because anything can happen in the preseason. Guys can get hurt. I mean, things can change so significantly and so quickly. So, I thought it'd be a good exercise for us to dive into the the divisions here, and we'll start with the NFC East today. Okay.
3: Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. I think probably the most uh, interesting division to bet because all the teams are bad, and uh, when all the teams are bad, when the, every team has an Achilles heel, well, it makes for pretty interesting odds, especially if you have a lean.
4: Yeah, and and I and I think that not knowing the health of Prescott makes this a little bit difficult. But even with knowing the health and assuming Prescott is healthy, I mean, the Cowboys, to me, I just cannot trust that. I can trust them in fantasy and reality. I mean, I could easily see them going 9 and 8. And when I look at the division here, they're at plus 130. I mean, I don't love them. I don't love Washington. I see Washington sitting here at plus 250, so 2.5 to 1. You, you got me off the Giants completely. I think that you nailed that. There's just too many issues going on there. And, and boy, Philadelphia, their win total on the season on FanDuel is six and a half. I I must be missing something. Are they that bad that they're they're just completely out this year, that they're plus 470? I guess so. Uh, You know, I know a lot of people are in love with Washington. I I just don't like any of these four teams. It's been a parity division the last two years. What stops this from being another parity division this year? Nine and eight may win it.
3: I think 9-8 and eight probably does win it because, I mean, the Cowboys have the best unit, right, defense, offense, whatever. The Cowboys' offense is the best unit in this division. The Washington football team's defense is probably close. I actually think I would probably put the Eagles ahead of the Giants. I mean, everything going on in eagles training camp basic or giants training camp rather makes it sound like the worst place on earth like just makes every it just seems like no one is having a good time seems like the players hate the coaches seems like the offense isn't doing its job we've had guys retiring so i i think that the giants are are the team like i would bet i would bet the under i actually bet on them to have the worst regular season record i think they're going to be terrible I think this is kind of a two-team race between the cowboys and the washington football team and of course it all comes down to can dak stay healthy if dak plays 17 games i think the cowboys can win 9 10 games pretty much no problem you know lots of 38 35 games i guess the interesting thing is the public seems to really be buying in on the washington football team but like let's not forget Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a good NFL quarterback. If Ryan Fitzpatrick was a good NFL quarterback, he would not be on like his 19th team. He's had a winning record once. And that was, to be fair, it was on a team very similar to this. It was back on those Jets teams where they basically had the best defense in football and teams just could not score any points against them. They've had, they have playmakers on offense, right? McLaurin, DME Brown, Antonio Gibson. Like they have some good players, but I just, Like, look at—I mean—the Cowboys have Dak and Lamb and Cooper and Gallup. Like, they just are going to score so many more points. I cannot, I cannot go for any other team in this division other than the Cowboys. But uh, I don't know. It doesn't. The Cowboys don't even seem like a great bet, though. Like, it doesn't seem like a great division to bet.
4: No, you always pay some tax on them too, and. Yeah, I was going through these win totals last night with these teams, and it was like, can I pick the under on all four? I mean, really the way I felt about it. Maybe Philly on the over, six, six and a half. Okay, let's go to the NFC North. Is, Is there value on anybody outside of Green Bay? They're minus 145. Minnesota is plus 250. The Bears are five to one, and Detroit is not winning this division, but they're listed here for fun. Uh, you know, with, with Aaron Rodgers healthy, Davis, Green Bay has won 10 games or more, nine in the last 10 years. So you know that they're going to be in this mix. Uh, Minnesota, they have their warts for sure. And, and certainly if anything should happen to this quarterback that they have one way or the other, uh, they, they don't have any option to bring anybody else in and do well too. So it's like I hate the chalkiness of this year, and I think the Bears could end up being better than the Vikings, but I'm not sure that the Bears have enough to beat out the Packers this year. Do you think so?
3: You know, I, I think it's thin. I would not be betting the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are another team that is having a pretty tough training camp. It just does not sound like lots of good vibes going on in the Vikings training camp. We have, you know, Mike Zimmer is at war with his quarterback room because none of his quarterbacks want to get vaccinated. Mike Zimmer is, is not happy with them. We've had these guys missing. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins missed 11 days of training camp, which I guess is not really that big of a deal. But their offense is kind of fragile because Adam Thielen's going to be 31 years old. So they're, uh, you know, if Adam Thielen can't play, then you're talking about like, uh, you know, Dee Dee Westbrook has to play a big role. KJ Osborne has to play a big role. I don't think any of us are, you know, particularly looking forward to any of that happening. The Bears are the team that I remain optimistic and bullish on because I think Justin Fields is going to be that good. The defense is very solid. What's the problem with the Bears? It's the coach, you know, Matt Nagy has shown that he has done a lot of suboptimal things. Now, I I don't know if I would call him a suboptimal play caller, but I I guess my big thing with the Bears right now is can we trust them to turn the reins over to Justin Fields early enough to actually turn this ship around? Because everything that Matt Nagy is saying, everything that the front office is saying is that Dalton is for sure their quarterback, that Dalton is for sure going to start the season. Clearly, this is a terrible idea. It's just a bad idea for Andy Dalton to be playing over Justin Fields, but I do think they are going to do it. Again, this division does not certi- does not seem particularly bettable for me. I don't think any of these numbers are great. Though, for me, I think the Vikings and Bears should be closer together, like maybe plus 350, plus 450. So I, I think the Bears are the best number but this is not like a gold star play for me that the bet I do like for this division is just the bears over on their win total.
4: Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm with you here a little bit. Um, not in love with this division. Now, now this one I even find tougher in the NFC South because there's one team I don't like at all. And, and the rest, I don't think can win the division. So Tampa Bay is minus 185. They're the biggest favorite of, of any team that we're looking at in the NFC to win the division. I am out on the saints completely. And I don't think the Falcons can win the division. And, and honestly, if, if I was doing this like one through four, and I could make that bet for like an exact eye, I may put Carolina second and take a shot with them. But I'm not going to bet minus 185 on Tampa Bay, and, and and I'm just I'm planting my flag on the Saints, Davis. I, I just I don't see it. I, I think that they're going to. I think it's going to be a tough year for them. So, uh, w- w- you have any value here? Anybody else outside of Tampa Bay, or do we just move on to the West? What do we do?
3: I mean, yeah, Tampa Bay is the team to bet here because I'm with you on the Saints. I mean, the Saints have a lot of obstacles this season. Franchise, Hall of Fame quarterback Drew Brees moves on. They're trying to figure out what to do between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Seems like, at best, Michael Thomas is going to play in Week 7, but he's, like, posting weird quotes on his Instagram And on Twitter, like, you know, basically suggesting that he's at odds with the team. Sounds like Sean Payton doesn't even really want to play Michael Thomas. They also have Traquan Smith dealing with an injury. So like they're down to like Marquez, Callaway, Deontay Harris, who by the way is suspended for two games. The the thing I would say is clearly Tampa Bay is pretty fragile because all their players are old, right? Brady in his 40s, -hmm. Gronk, old defense, got a lot of veteran guys. And anytime you're relying on tons of veterans the cliff comes earlier than you anticipate. Like veteran guys, once it's gone, it's gone. The the milk does not unspoil. Now, I'm not saying that is going to happen for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but if you were going to point to a team, right? Drew Brees fell off a cliff, it happened. Peyton Manning fell off a cliff, it just happened. Brady looks good in the preseason, looks good in training camp and everything, so I'm not saying this is the most likely scenario, but I just am un- uncomfortable in general waging on the Buccaneers with all this, like, you know, 28, 29, 30-year-olds that they're counting on on both sides of the ball.
4: Yeah, and it it makes sense, and and that does happen. You just never know when it's going to, and Brady has not shown any signs of that. Okay, now this is the fun one here because you rarely will see this. You go back 10 years, I don't think you'll ever find three teams that are this close to win the division, Davis. we got the 49ers at plus 190, the Rams at 2-1, to and the Seahawks at at basically almost three to one and arizona six to one i give them no chance so it is even even with their six to one i don't like it at all so uh man like this is really cool to see because it means that any team can win the best quarterback may be in seattle the best future quarterback may be in san francisco and the best offense may be with the Rams. and they may have the best defense too by the way so this is a really close call here if trey lance is anything like like they're saying he is then the 49ers are going to win this division and may even win the Super Bowl. But I mean, my gosh, it's like training camp. I don't know yet. I have to wait and see this out. What do you think about this division?
3: Yeah, this is the this is the best division to bet if you have a lean. So, you're right. Best quarterback, I think probably in Seattle but worst head coach also probably in Seattle, you know, in terms of understanding what you need to win in modern football. I mean, maybe you'd say that Cliff Kingsbury is worse. Cliff is bad in game. Cliff is bad at like, oh, I should go for it here instead of kicking field goals. But so that's true about Cliff to some degree. But it's also true that Cliff calls tons of passing plays. Cliff lets Tyler run, you know, Cliff. In a, in a grander sense, he does understand that the offense and the team can only go as far as Kyler Murray is going to take them. And it feels like, for whatever reason, Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks are like unwilling to do that with Russell Wilson. They're unwilling to say, Russ, you're our guy. We're winning every game, scoring 40 points. We want to you know, throw the ball over the field. The Rams, they have a great head coach in Sean McVay. But he, again, kind of like Cliff, is a little bit too conservative. They have the huge quarterback upgrade, Matt Stafford, over Jared Goff. The 49ers, I think you'd say they have a great defense. They have a ton of playmakers on offense. And they have, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, they made the Super Bowl with him, and they have number three overall pick, Trey Lance. I, I am sort of of the mind that things are going to have to get rocky for the 49ers in order to see Trey Lance, and I think they will get kind of rocky with Jimmy G., I I like this Rams number. I mean, the Rams defense is phenomenal, and I've said all offseason, I've said Matt Stafford a lot better than Jared Goff, love Cooper Cup in fantasy, love Gerald Henderson in fantasy, love Robert Woods, love Tyler Higbee, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think this Rams number is actually quite good. This is, of all the ones that we've discussed today, I do think Rams to win this division. Of course, there's loads of competition. You might have four teams with a winning record in this division, but I do think the Rams are very good, and I think they will win the division.
4: If I, if I told you that Trey Lance wins the job in two weeks and they announce him as the starter from the beginning, would that change your opinion or no?
3: Yes, that would. Because what that means is the coaching staff thinks there's just no way we can keep this guy on the bench. He's so good. He's throwing the ball so well. He's so accurate. He's so poised. Because that, to me, says that he's even better than they thought when they drafted him. So I think that I, I would go to the 49ers if I knew Trey Lance was under center week one.
4: Yeah, interesting to see. Maybe that'll happen. doesn't appear that way, but you never know. Okay, we'll come back and wrap up this hour in uh, about a minute from now. We've got Chris with the update at the top of the hour. We'll tell you everything that's going on in sports, in fantasy sports as well. Uh, Also, Miguel Cabrera of the Detroit Tigers chasing 500 home runs. And is he in the lineup today on the road to do it? we will tell you next. Stay on the grid.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then
6: get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash Activecash.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court.
4: For those of you betting, playing fantasy baseball, of course, the season continues. Many afternoon games going on today. Davis, one of them is the Tigers and Orioles, which in general is not one that you and I would watch. But Miguel Cabrera hit his 499th home run last night, and A.J. Hinch made the call today. They're in Baltimore And Miguel Cabrera is sitting because they're going back home for a long homestand. And I got to tell you, Davis, this is something I like. I do like this. I like when the home fans who paid for the tickets, who have had a guy in their uniform for 10 years, can get a little bit of a reward. And so Miguel Cabrera in all likelihood will hit 500 over the next week or two in Detroit.
3: He will. I mean, I, I hope he does. You'd hope that we're not, like, dragging this thing out for, you know, the next, uh, what do we got? We got about uh, 65 days left of of baseball in the regular season. You'd hope that we're not sitting there in the last week of the season. Miguel Cabrera is only playing home games. They're putting him on the bench every time they're on the road. They're only playing him at home games. Like, you you would very much hope that we get things figured out before it reaches to that point. Because, like, it's... I mean, it's very cool to hit 500 home runs. That's amazing. Miguel Cabrera, and a great player. He should play, you know, as long as his contract goes on. Like, like they should not uh, be thinking about, uh, you know, cutting him or whatever the way that pools did. You, you know, like, I, and I don't think it'll go that way. But, like, let's get this over with Miguel. Like, let's go up to the plate and let's take our cuts because September 3rd, I don't want to be talking to Craig about, all right, we're still waiting on him. Like, like please, like, let's not have it go that far.
4: Yeah, they they do have to make a decision i think they owe him 50 million so two more years of cabrera and and he would be a i mean now he's at the point where he'd be a backup player but um arguably a top five fantasy baseball pick for about 10 years i mean that's that's incredible to think um whether he qualified at third or first this guy was amazing treble crown winner mvp uh amazing player and played here in South Florida, too. All right, headlines coming up at the top of the hour. We got Chris, then we'll get to more NFL preseason notes. Joe Pizopi is going to join us here. So stay on the grid. We're back in just two minutes with an hour or two of Fantasy Sports Today.
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy.
5: Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses.
2: Call me picky, but I just can't
5: find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try on